0: Welcome to BFNC Living, sponsored by Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. BFNC Living is a weekly podcast to help you navigate life issues and to help enhance our overall quality of life. We know life has many ups and downs, but a helping hand and a listening ear can help. Each week, we will share stories about a variety of topics, feature special guests, share information and valuable resources available in our community. Please follow BFNC Living at www.bfnc.org, Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to BFNC Living. I'm your host, Chandra Redfern, CEO of the Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. So it is that time of year again. It is officially tax season. And I am joined here today by Mr. Gennard Poles, Director of Revita Tax Services, and Ms. Daisy Ball, Director of the BFNC Life Center at Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. And I believe yesterday was the first day of the VITA Free Income Tax Preparation Program. So welcome, Dacey and Mr. Poles. You you still look like you have energy. You got some smiles on your faces. So (laughs) your first day must have went well then, right? Did it go well?
1: It did, actually. Okay. It
0: did. All right. Okay. Um, So we... We met a few weeks ago, and we did a podcast and we started talking about taxes. And so we felt like we needed to just come on back and continue this conversation. And so uh, Mr. Poles and I were talking before we you know, started. And there are some questions that have been coming up from people. Um, and so hopefully we can provide some clarity to our listeners and we can help them out a little bit. But before we start, why don't you uh, let us know the days and sites of operation for the uh, VITA tax
1: program? So we're offering uh, free income tax preparation Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at from 4.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Westminster Community House located at 419 Monroe Street, Buffalo. Uh, we're also offering on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's all by appointment only. So please call 211 and uh, schedule an appointment and tell them that you want to come to the BFNC site or if you are used to going to First Shiloh, First Shiloh and BFNC are all operating out of the same location. Just let 211 know that you want to come to the BFNC or Shiloh site and they will schedule you at our location.
0: Okay. So listeners can call 211 to schedule their appointment. So the other question I have is, um, do you have
1: services for those that are hearing impaired or visually impaired? So yes, uh, we have Services for uh, those that are hearing impaired, Uh, we have uh, in the past provided interpreters that uh, do sign language, and then... for uh, blind or any other disabled, we do make uh, reasonable accommodations. Uh, we also work with the IRS who has a language line uh, where we can uh, talk. They have uh, folks that speak over 100 languages. Okay. So we're able to access interpretation services. And then also we have access to a couple of local uh, agencies that work with refugee and immigrant populations mm-hmm. who will come in and also provide assistance with interpretation. Okay. So – um.
0: That, that's really good information. Um, one, that you have those services that you can work with different populations. And so um, let's 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 talk about taxes. And you bring up uh, refugees and immigrants and, and let's talk about um, non U.S. citizens. And there seems there's a myth I believe it's a myth because I heard it was a myth um, that individuals that may be working, that may not be United States citizens or have businesses or not United States citizens, do not pay taxes. Can you speak to that a little bit?
2: In our system, the federal system, or not our system, but the United States, if you work and have income, you are eligible to file a tax return. Eligible on one hand, but at the same time, required on the other hand. You have a social security number and have income over a certain amount, uh, you are not only eligible, but required. And I guess in some ways, that's a balancing uh, of how much a company pays and how much a company earns and where you fit in that process. So we wanna think in some regards that filing tax return it's bigger than just your refund. And somebody says, "Well, I don't have a refund; I won't file." It may be more important that you file because you don't know whether you owe, and whether that can build up over time to an expense that you don't want to face.
1: Mm,
0: okay.
2: You need to ask, maybe even more than one person, of your responsibilities to have income and file a tax return. Whether you're a student. Whether you're under the age of 16 and have a summer job, or whether you're over the age of 65 or 70 and are still working, we've had people come in and say, I don't file taxes anymore because I'm over 70. Well, you may be entitled to a refund if you're still working, or you may be entitled to tax liability because your income is, so it's, this is income taxes. Okay.
0: Right. So... Well- Okay, if someone doesn't know. Who do they ask? Who do they ask? Like, I'm getting income in of some sort. Yeah. I'm working, whatever. Who, who do they ask? Like, do I have to file
1: taxes? So we're doing a lot of work um, through the BFMC Hope Center and working with the, the resettlement agencies to provide that education. Uh, we used to have formal relationships where we would come in um, every year and do workshops quarterly. Um, for uh, uh, new uh, new Americans or new arrivals coming to um, Buffalo uh, to learn about uh, the, you know the tax system, the processes, what information is needed, even uh, you know Social Security numbers or the ITINs, which is the the number that you get if you're. Uh, a non-resident and, and, and not eligible for a social security number. So we talk through and do education around all of that. A lot of times, especially for uh, the, the immigrant population, they do start small businesses. And so one of the things that we do is provide education on what does that mean? How do you, you know, file a return? Because business taxes are different than personal taxes. And also under, helping them understand that they are responsible for both right um it's it's funny that you asked the question because i was just in a meeting last week um with uh, all of the resettlement agencies around this topic because there's been a lot of predatory practices that have happened in the community around that where Uh, folks from their their home countries or, or, you know, distant friends or relatives or acquaintances will say, oh, I can file this for you. And next thing you know, refunds are not getting to the clients. They're actually going to the people that file the returns on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was make sure that there was some safety net services around the education to explain and then also be able to be a resource in our tax program for these communities And that work is still continuing. Um, But I have to say we have made some inroads, I'm very proud of that, but the work is still not done. And so there's going to be a lot more discussion on that topic with um, a lot of the other organizations. Um, We have had some folks reach out to us to, you know, ask what are some of the other things that they can do to be proactive in helping the um, the refugee and immigrant community. And one of the things that we say at, at the beginning is be willing to volunteer. Because it's it's about trust. These are communities that are often very closed. And, uh, you know, they are not necessarily open to outsiders telling them what to do or how to do it. And so, you know, having um, uh, uh, individuals that have an affinity or uh, association to these groups are really important. And so we try to be as inclusive as we can and also be a resource. And so I'm proud to say BFNC has been doing that for quite some time. So that's
0: great information, and and also, I mean, let's speak to non-immigrant or ref- mm-hmm. refugee populations because there are some United States citizens that mm-hmm. don't know if they need to pay taxes or file taxes or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, could those individuals too get education through the Hope Center? Yes,
1: yes. Listen, uh, <laughs> the Hope Center is all about economic empowerment, and the the VITA program is the flagship program, but financial education is at the very core. Of what we do, and honestly, one of the reasons why the IRS uh, continues to support our program because financial education and all the other scopes of services that go with it are vital to these programs being very successful. So, financial education is something that we will always offer and and and, and promote, and you know we're always trying to find ways to to appeal to all the kinds of different issues that come up in, during the tax season. I just had a conversation with a tax client last night. A single mom uh, uh, made about 40000 a year, and she was upset because she only got a $300 return. She was eligible for the earned income credit. She was eligible for the t- child tax credit. And the issue was she never had any federal taxes held in her W-2s. So there was some conversation around that and what that means and what that looks like. Now, we're not supposed to uh tell clients what to do. But we're supposed to share information and then empower them to make the choices that they make at the end for their overall financial well-being. So that leads me to
0: another question that I had that we were kind of talking about before this. So there, um, there are some rumblings out there about the child tax credit. And some are saying, no, they took it away and we're not getting it anymore. And others are saying, yes, we are. So. Can we talk a little bit about that? So can tax filers claim a child tax credit? Yes. Are there any stipulations to that?
2: I think one of the, part of the concerns that you could get child tax credit early last year. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. All right. So you got 50% of your child tax credit early. So when you put down that you're eligible for $3,000, but you're only getting 1500 in your return, it's because you got 1500 from July to December, mm. right? I'm not saying that's all cases, but the person who got their child tax credit cut in half says, I didn't get all my child tax credit, and then the next person says, it's not available, and then the next person, so there's more conversation based on what, they said capital T H E Y? Why?
0: <laughs> yeah, the 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 famous <laughs> days, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So ask somebody who has done taxes for you, because your child could be aged, aged out of it, or you, or for some other reason, you got too advanced and you eligible for uh, another fifteen hundred dollars advance. You didn't get it, and it gets added back in. So you're saying I got all my child tax credit when, in fact, your calculation is different than your sister's or your friend's calculation, and we don't want to go on that because a lot of us would be in economic difficulty with the IRS uh, because I heard one, and then two, they said.
0: Okay, so you said two different things. So I'm going to ask you about this one. You said that if a child is still eligible, what would constitute one's child from not being eligible for
2: one to get that credit? One, has got to be your dependent, okay, yeah. and lives with you, and you're claiming them.
1: And under the age of 17. Yes.
0: And under 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. So under 17 mm-hmm. has to be your dependent, mm-hmm. has to live with you, mm-hmm. and you're claiming them.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's some exceptions. Okay. You live with you, you know, for at least six months, and, and, but you provide more than half of their support.
0: Okay, because I was going to ask you about that. So what if a case where you have a child that resides six months with one parent, six months with another parent? Yes. So the parent that provides more than half of their support is the one that should be claiming them? That's correct. Okay.
2: And and for children over the age of uh, 16 or 17, uh, there's absences for illness, hospitalization, or in a boarding school. They still your child. So if my child's in a boarding school or in college Mm. for more than six months, they're still my child because they qualify. So there's certain exceptions and you need to know them.
0: Well, that's good information because we have some taxpayers and their children may be at college and, you know, they might be wondering if, you know, they're able to still consider that child a dependent or not or those types of things. So, you know, this is all good information and it speaks more to the fact that people really need to be able to educate themselves and to ask questions specific to their situation because there's a lot of things being said by the days, um, and it doesn't apply to to everyone. And so, to your other point, when you talked about the child uh, tax credit, I don't think that's something a lot of people remember. You know, people got the money last year; it's, mm. gone, it's gone. They forgot about it. Mm. But I, I do recall them prefacing saying, "In next year's taxes, you will you may see a reflection." So yeah. that would mean that if you know you received the payout, you could then receive less of a credit because you already received those payouts in advance. And so people need to consider those types of things, you know, when they're thinking um, uh, about this. Um, So
2: one of the points with a parent or a person who knows can make a decision. I don't want the advance. I want the the lump sum. Mm -hmm. I can do more with the lump sum than I can do with partial, partial, partial for it. And
0: unfortunately, I mean, again, our Vita tax program, and there's a cap. So we know that a lot of individuals that were eligible for the advance took the advance. I mean, you know, with inflation, prices going up, gas, you know, gas going up, eggs going up, milk. And bread, uh, the basics going up. We know that, uh, you know, it's been very difficult for a lot of families to to make ends meet. Um, and so people did opt to take those advance payments um, last year. But certainly I think that speaks to the work of the Hope Center, because those are things that people really need to understand mm-hmm. when, you know, the government says, hey, we're going to give you this. Yep. they could be something else on the other side that they're not considering if they decide to accept that. And so um, I think the education is really key. And unfortunately it does seem like, you know, during tax time is when everybody decide that they want, they want to learn about taxes.
1: Yeah. And the, and the, and the, (laughs) and the difficulty around that is that, you know, everyone anticipates that they're going to get similar to what they got the year before. Mm, Yeah, And tax, codes and laws change every year. So it's not always the same dynamic. And so that is a you know a lot of the work that we do when we're when we're educating and counseling our clients when they come in. And um I, I want to go back to when you were talking about the college student because one of the things that we found with parents claiming their kids, especially if the kids go away to college, they may get jobs while they're away at college, mm. right? Their college student may file their own return. And it's important that if the parent is going to claim their their student, which they can, they need to make sure that 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 college student says on their return that they're able to be claimed as a dependent. Because a lot of times they file on their own, don't check that box, and then the parent's return gets rejected (laughs) because the Mm -hmm. child has already filed their return saying, nope, no one can claim me, I'm claiming myself. And then that way, the student is getting the refund that the parent would have been. Entitled.
0: So let me ask you about that point. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm a college student, I have a job, mm-hmm. and I want to go file my taxes, mm-hmm. and I check that box. Mm-hmm. So would that mean that my my tax refund may be reduced?
1: Yes. It could,
0: yeah.
2: It, okay. it won't be reduced. You won't get as much as if you were supporting yourself.
0: So it doesn't mean that you won't get anything, right. but it just means it may be a different amount. Right. Okay. And that's really good information because a lot of people believe that if the child files taxes from their job that, I mean, from from working, that the parent won't get anything and or the child feels like, oh, well, I'm not going to get anything then if my mother or father claim me on their taxes. Mm-hmm. So that's really good information for, for people to know. And the fact that there are some young people that have jobs that don't file taxes, mm-hmm. right? So you could be 18 and older working and they're not filing taxes, yes. thinking that, oh well, you know, my parents just handle it. But as you stated earlier, it's about income. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: It's really about income, any income coming into um that coming to that person, because it has to be home, but it's individual. So mm-hmm. coming to that person. Which leads me to my next question. You know, we have a lot of senior listeners, a lot of retirees. And there seems to sometimes be this thought that I'm of a set age. I no longer have to pay taxes. I'm working and this is all just money, money, money for me or I'm getting my retirement and it's all mine to go to the beaches and whatever else I want to do. Can you speak a little bit to those dynamics? So if I'm over 70, and I get, you know, retirement of some sort, do I have to, do I have to file income taxes? I, do I have to do that?
2: You're required to file income taxes, basically, and it's important. I would think it's important to file income taxes so you'll know what status you're you, you You don't want to come to a tax preparer and say, I'm 72 years old, and I haven't filed taxes yet last year, but I understand there's a stimulus that I can get, mm. right? I just want the stimulus don't file my taxes, just you know, just do that form to get me the stimulus. And I said, no, that's part of your tax return and this year, whether you got the stimulus or you didn't get it. And in 2020, during the 2019, you had to file a tax return to be eligible. And so some people who just didn't have to file taxes before, based on disability or something, but they got the stimulus, they needed to file a tax return just to confirm that they got it, mm-hmm. and somebody didn't take their ID and get it. You know, and incorrectly, or two, the they were eligible something that they didn't get because the IRS did not have, have enough information on it. And then the other way is people said, "I didn't get the stimulus." They did get it, but it could be added. And they, one of the re, one of the things about the 2020 or 2021 return, you're reporting that you got it, so you, so that's another help because if you got it. Or if you didn't get it and somebody else got it, you know, then that's a way for the IRS to help track a violation by somebody else. The other way around, if you didn't get it and you just tore up the card, in some cases, you know, you can get it. You can get it added to your well last year, 2020 or 2021 return. Okay. All right.
0: So yes, if I'm retired and I have income coming in, I should be filing taxes.
1: Can I also say something about my seniors, though? <laughs> <laughs> because we also know that our seniors love to go to the casino, and they love to play lotto. And here's the thing. That is te- reportable. It's, it's it, You have to report that on your taxes. And so, especially if you had lottery winnings. Winters. And so, you know, we have instances where um you know folks will come in and they they're going to claim their winnings and 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 then they want to claim losses but then they don't bring in anything to prove the losses and and so what the rule is is that uh you can you can claim losses uh up to what you've won okay so to give you an example i had someone came in she won $2000 and she wanted me to deduct $5000 worth of lottery losses <laughs> and I said, well, where's your where's your where are your tickets or something that shows me that she was like, oh, I'm just telling you. And I said, well, ma'am, I understand that. But I said, I unless you actually physically show me the proof, I can't deduct that. Well, I, I'm a senior. I know and I respect you, but I still have to be able to see this <laughs> in order to prove it. And so the the thing is, is that. We, we want you all to get the credits that you all deserve. I don't want to take $2,000 away from you. I really don't. So make sure when you come in, you bring all of your documentation, all of your lottery earnings and, and, and losses, and then that way we can work with you to do it. Because at the end of the day, the IRS holds us accountable. It's a free program, but they've made some very specific rules for us in order to run the program. And so if we have been the rules for one, then we particularly compromise a free program that's for everybody. Absolutely. And so our main thing is wanting to make sure that everyone has access for this. So for my lovely seniors who love to gamble, just make sure you bring in all your
0: stuff. So save save your losing tickets. Save the
1: losing tickets. Okay, save the losing tickets. <laughs> no, th- this is good information yeah. because,
0: I mean, I don't play lottery or anything like that. so. I would never think about that, but there are many, and I know that is something that, uh, the senior population and not just the senior population. Mm -hmm. That's just something that people do and they enjoy doing it. And so, you know, save your losing tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that's a that's a very good point. And to your point about being able to prove, mm-hmm. because sometimes people come in, and they say, oh, I, I spent this, I spent that. Mm-hmm. But you have no proof. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because we're in the beginning of the year now. Yeah. So you you have all of 2022, you know, get your files, your mm-hmm. your shoeboxes, mm-hmm. whatever it is you use mm-hmm. to save your receipts and your proof mm-hmm. so that you can start doing that now. Mm-hmm. So my next point is, I know that we do have some homeowners um, again, because the, the the free program is for a certain income level, and we have people that own homes, uh, whether you know they they purchased them or you know they inherited them, what whatever they own homes, and a lot of times people are confused about what is a tax deduction. So, can you help our our listeners um, kind of wrap their minds about things that could be tax deductions as opposed to? I'm going to paint these walls in my bedroom, and I'm going to save the receipt for the paint. Is that a tax deduction?
2: No, unless you rent the, the property.
0: We talk about homeowners right now. Okay. We'll talk about renters in a minute, yeah. but homeowners right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> All right. But again, as uh, they said, anything that you can prove and that's related to your social security number, that's where we want to start. Because the IRS got your social security number, and then somebody pays you or you earn money, they're going to list that. Getting back to one brief comment about the seniors. In the past, I've seen seniors come in questioning why they got a letter from the IRS, because they cashed the lottery ticket for somebody else, and their social security number is on the lottery ticket. That's a $10,000 ticket, right? And somebody paid them $1,000 to cash it. Right? They didn't get the 10000 and then somebody else walked away because their Social Security is not in it, and they got the ten thousand or the nine thousand dollars that was left. So if you cash your ticket, that ticket is based on you as a winner. That your Social Security number is the evidence one that the IRS got that you that you won it, and they're looking for you to report it on your tax return, okay. All right. whether you got the money or not. You, you are responsible. And you, and
0: you Your social security number is tied to that lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Therefore you become the responsible party for uh claiming that ticket and paying the taxes associated with those winnings. Yeah. That, that's a that's a good point. And it doesn't just happen to seniors, I wanna say mm-hmm. it. It happens to mm-hmm. a lot of different people, right? And so we just need to be aware that, you know, I get it, people want to do favors for people or whatever the situation is, but that responsibility then lies with that person who decided to do it. Mm-hmm. So, homeowners.
2: Homeowners. Okay. Your homeowner information, your interest on your mortgage, mm-hmm. and the property taxes that you pay for it get added to your itemized deduction.
0: Okay. Right?
2: And if your standard deduction is greater than your itemized deduction, you're not taking those two. So, your itemized deduction has to be greater than your standard deduction in order for there to be an economic benefit for you claiming your home.
0: So what about, okay, I'm putting on a new roof, I'm getting new doors, I'm getting new windows.
2: I understand the IRS is going to make some kind of uh, uh, situation for damages, but most of those improvements are not tax deductible unless they're for a tenant.
0: Mm, okay. So that's good information. Um,
2: The other way around, so you pay for those because you had a second mortgage. The interest on the second mortgage is part of your your, uh, itemized deduction. So it's not a straight, I painted it, I improved it. There's got to be an economic uh, framework for that that we can put on your uh, itemized deduction And if your item doesn't come up to or equal the standard deduction, you're not taking it. Okay. Okay.
0: So let's talk about renters. So are you saying renters can might be able to?
2: The person who is renting. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Well, if I'm a
0: renter and I am, in essence, buying things to improve a property that I don't own. Uh, so I'm painting, maybe I decide I don't like the sink they have or it broke, I'm replacing the sink and faucets, things like that.
2: The person who owns the property needs to claim it.
0: So the renter cannot claim it. Mm-hmm. The person who owns the property has to claim right. it as improvements yeah, for, yeah. for the rental yeah, property.
1: But renters, if they pay below a certain amount, can file for renter's rebate credits through New York State. So if you pay, it's still $450, right? They didn't raise it, I don't think. But if your rent or your portion of rent is $450 or less, then you're eligible for the New York State renter's rebate. Okay. And that's one of the ways um, that renters are able to, um, you know, get something, an incentive in their taxes. Um, another thing is that uh, for home improvements, a lot of times, you know, landlords may have have some financial constraints as well. There are programs, and again, this is where the Hope Centers and, and other agencies can be helpful, is that the New York State NYSERDA program is a great resource mm-hmm. to be able to provide home um, energy assessments mm-hmm. and then be able to provide um, upgrades to uh, certain things in the home for renters um, at no cost to the renter. And so I encourage everyone to reach out you know, to either the Hope Center at 852-5065, extension 132 or to go to um, the NYSERDA website, N-Y-S-E-R-D-A. Uh, you can do it in a Google search, and it'll take you straight to the NYSERDA website, mm-hmm. and you can see about all the programs that are available. Okay.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. So I know we, we will be coming down to, um, they're coming down to the end of our time soon, but let's talk about other things that a person who is, Going to file their taxes. Absolute must. We know you have to have everything from all your income. We know this. Whether you think it's taxable or not, right? Because um, there are a lot of people that are on disability and get Social Security disability and feel like, I don't have to file taxes. Do they file taxes? Do they need to file taxes?
2: They need to bring all that information in Mm -hmm. so we can assess that. Okay. Yeah. So, Social Security Disability says that you're getting your Social Security, right, because you're disabled. But in, in some companies, you're not really getting your Social Security Disability. The company's paying insurance because you got injured, mm-hmm. right, and they may be paying equal to your W or your wages. So you're still going to get a wage statement. You still can get a W two because they've paid you. Because it's an insurance company that get hurt on a job, mm-hmm. and that money can be and should be reported. And it's taxable. And it's
0: taxable. So that would lead to, like, workers' comp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So workers' comp is taxable. Yeah. A lot of people don't know report- that. It's tax reportable. It's you have to report it. A lot of people, I mean, you, you know, you guys do this a lot, mm-hmm. but a lot of our listeners, there are a lot of people out there that feel like, I'm not working. Therefore, I don't need to report this. It comes from someplace else. It
1: happens all the time. Mm-hmm. We had some cases like that last night. Or, you know, they'll give us some information when they come in. And then when we're reviewing everything and going back through the questions, come to find out there was this, this document. There was a workers' comp document that uh, was applied to me at the, end of the, at the end of the process. And so we had to stop and, and factor that in. And so it did change the number you know, it changed the number in terms of what that individual was entitled to in terms of a refund. So, you know, we we can only be as effective as we can with the information we're provided. And so Mr. Poles was was dead on when he said, Bring it in, let us assess. And, you know, and, and, and believe us, it's not our, we don't want to keep any money from you. Our goal is to get you as big of a <laughs> refund as we can. So when you provide all of the information, we can help you make informed decisions. At the end of the day, if you don't like the result of the return, it's up to you whether you file it or not. But at the end of the day, we've done our jobs to make sure that you're educated and know what the numbers are. And we want to make sure and do everything that we can to make sure it's in your favor.
2: I've had a taxpayer who brought in two W 2s, and because they were uh, like a, a nurse that worked something, got mm-hmm. five W 2s. Well, I didn't bring in the other three because there was nothing withheld. But that raised their income over $20,000 mm-hmm. with all five W 2s. So, yeah, you didn't have anything with help, it didn't look like you were going to stay there long enough, so you didn't do your W-4 for them to withhold anything, but it turned out to be, based on either wellness or uh, COVID or something else, you worked more mm-hmm. in this particular year than you normally worked. You know, or whether it was a, a, a job for for, on the, for the city, they, you worked more overtime.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: But that's a good point that you said, like sometimes people, they don't do the withholding paperwork because they're like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, be there. So really, people should be doing that paperwork, regardless if you think you're going to stay there a month or 10 years or whatever. You need to do the paperwork because it's not just about the fact that they didn't take out taxes or they took out two cent of taxes. It's about the income that you made at that place, whether you made a dollar or you made $100,000, right? So it's really about income. So it's really to the taxpayer's um, advantage to be just forthcoming with all the information so that you all can assess, okay, these are the things, this is what's going on. And like you said, if they don't, for whatever reason, they don't want to file at that time, that's their choice, Mm -hmm. but you certainly show them, okay, this is what it's going to to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a really, really good point for people to know that just give as much information. I know a lot of times people come in and they say, I want you to get me all the money I can get. (laughs) I want the biggest refund. But it's really not Mm -hmm. about the tax preparer. Mm -hmm. It's about being proactive throughout the year as a person with income coming in and being aware of my financial status throughout the year and what that may mean when I go to file my income taxes in the beginning of the new year. So in terms of what you would like returned to you, I think that's a conversation to just have with your tax preparer Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, the Hope Center, you know, to say like, this is where I would like to be. Is there some guidance? Because we don't tell people what to do, but we give them guidance exactly. on how we might achieve our goal. Exactly. And so that's what we want to do is we want people to be able to better manage their finances all around, not just at tax season, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of people use tax returns for different things. And so maybe it looks differently. Maybe you're not waiting for the big return. Maybe you are talking About savings uh, through your paycheck and meeting a goal, but there's different ways for us to achieve the things that we want to achieve. But ultimately, it is within the hands of that person that has the income. Coming in.
1: It really is. And and one of the best tools out there is actually on the IRS website. Um, they have what you call the IRS income stimulator at the irs.gov website. Okay. And literally, you can go in, take just pick one of your check stubs. And you can go in and put the information from your check stubs, like what your gross income is, um, how many dependents you claim, or whatever, whatever. And it'll literally tell you how much you should be withholding oh. uh, for the year. Good. And so that way... You, there's no there's taking the guessing out of it even mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk to your employer you can actually look at look at it for yourself on the irs.gov website and see it for yourself Great. and again it's your decision what you do with it from there
0: And that's great information. And so we want to see about getting that on our website or one of our social media pages so people can Mm -hmm. check that out and access it. But I think we are out of time. Um, So I'd like to thank our guests, Daisy Ball and Mr. Poles, for joining us today. And to learn more about BFNC or to listen to this and other podcast episodes, visit us at www.bfnc.org. Podcast episodes are also posted on Facebook, Instagram, the WUFO website, and all other major podcast platforms. Thank you both. And I wish you uh, a very um, successful tax preparation season.